know about you guys, but there's something about the summer. There's just something about the summer that makes me think I should be trying to have fun all the time. All the time. Maybe it's because school's out in the summertime. Maybe it's because we have more sunlight in the summer. But either way, something about the summer makes me think that I, that I have to have more fun. I, I have a tendency to just try to squeeze as much out of every day. I have this like Disney World mentality. Like, let's have an awesome experience today. Like today, let's go swimming. Let's get ice cream. Then we'll go to the park. Then we'll cook some burgers and dogs. Then we'll have s'mores. Doesn't that sound awesome? It's just something about that just makes me want to live life like a Disney World commercial. But, but if I let that awesome experience mentality overtake me, if I let that Disney World mentality overtake me, it could start permeating every aspect of my life. It could become what I strive for. It could become what I desire and what I set up my life to achieve. You know, in America, we have so many luxuries at our fingertips. We're told we should buy that house, but not just any house, a nice big house. We should get a really nice car. You know, not just a car to get from A to B, but a car to get from A to B in comfort and style. We're told we should have nice clothes, nice shoes, a college fund for the kids, a nice big 401k. People are shooting to get $2 million so they can retire comfortably. Dude, let's make life as awesome and as comfortable as possible, right? We hear that. You know, people say, God wants my family to have the best, doesn't he? Doesn't God want my family to have the best? God wants my family to have a peaceful, happy life, doesn't he? If not, if he doesn't, why? Why shouldn't I strive to get all that awesome stuff that's out there for me and my family? That's the question. Why shouldn't I strive for a Disney World life. So today, we're going to look at a section of scripture that I hope makes you really uncomfortable. <laughs> I know it makes me uncomfortable. So let's open our Bibles and look at Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 to 39. Matthew 10, verses 34 to 39. I'll read the whole section through. Then we'll look at it piece by piece. It says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake 
will find it. The Word of the Lord. The Word of Jesus. You know, when I chose this scripture section for today, I did it for two reasons. The first is that it convicts the heck out of me. It challenges me to live for Christ in a greater, deeper way. And I hope it does the same thing for you when we read it. I hope it does for you. And the second reading, reason I chose it is because right now we're in between two sermon series. And I didn't want to just pick, cherry pick some verses that weren't pertinent to your life. You know, these verses are found in four other parts of the Gospels. They're found in Matthew 16, 24, iterations of these verses. Mark 8, 34. Luke 9, 23. And Luke 14, 27. In all those scripture sections, Christ calls us to take a cross and follow him. And I didn't want to pick something that wasn't pertinent to your life. I didn't want to exposit some scripture and, and, and place, you know, my own opinions or thoughts on you. I wanted to share the word of God, what Christ said was so important. You see, in verses 34, Jesus tells us that he didn't come to earth to fill it with peace and love like so many people think. Even his disciples and people in that day thought that Christ was coming to establish an earthly kingdom of peace, an earthly kingdom of safety for the Jews. You know, in other words, Christ is saying he didn't come to earth to make it Disney World. Christ did not come to earth to make it Disney World. He came to win a battle. He came to call people to follow him. Jesus said, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now listen, I think swords are pretty awesome. I do. I got to admit, I think swords are pretty awesome. But when swords are used in real life, they're not Disney World. They're gruesome. They're gruesome. Battle, war, death, destruction. Those are words associated with swords. Those aren't big house, nice car words. In this scripture, Jesus tells us that following him has consequences on earth. It has consequences. There's a lady named Esther Ahmad. She recently wrote a book called Defying Jihad. Esther Ahmad, Defying Jihad. In it she tells how she grew up in Pakistan where 97% of the population is Muslim. And there are a lot of radical Muslims too. When she was in high school, she signed up to be a suicide bomber. And she signed up to be a suicide bomber to please her father and Allah. She thought that as a way to ensure her family would get into heaven. But about two days before Esther was set to go on this suicide mission, she had a dream. In this dream, she encountered a man of light. 
And this man of light, she was in a graveyard. And in, in this dream, this man of light rose the dead and called her to follow him. She woke up and she couldn't go back to sleep. That dream was vivid and it stayed with her. After that night, God placed a couple people in Pakistan in her life that helped her realize that man of light was Jesus Christ. And she became a follower of Jesus. But when you live in a radical Muslim household, you know there's consequences to leaving your religion. Esther knew that her parents would greatly disapprove of her newfound faith. So, she tried to hide her Christianity. But, you can't hide living as a Christian for a long time. If you're living authentically, you can't hide it for a long time. When it finally came out that she was a Christian, her mother beat her. Mm, she's high school. Her mom beat her. Her father, when he found out, he went to the local mosque and told everyone there what had happened with his daughter. So they began to plan to kill her. You know, they'll get in trouble for it in Pakistan still. So they began to plot on how they could kill her without getting in trouble. But Esther stood firm in her faith. He delivered her. Christ delivered her from persecution. She's here in the States today sending missionaries. But it always doesn't like, work like that. Christ doesn't always deliver us from persecution. Esther knew she would lose her parents if she followed Jesus. But she also knew that Jesus was greater than her parents. He was greater than her comfort. And she followed Christ. The man of light gives eternal life. And Esther knew it. You see, Esther's culture was very similar, was very similar to the community and the culture that Jesus was speaking to when he said, For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Esther's culture and the culture Christ was speaking to were very similar. In these cultures, and they even exist today, even sometimes here in America, if you go against your family, it's sin beyond sin. It's the greatest, it's the worst thing you could do. It's the greatest sin you can do. You know, not following your parents doesn't lead to an argument in these cultures, in these households. They might stone you for it. Forget being mad at you. They could literally kill you. There's a tremendous risk for turning your back on your family's faith. But Christ tells this culture, he tells people, no matter the risk, no matter the, the cost, we should follow him. That's what Christ says. You see, in these verses, Christ is telling us that all of our actions, all of them, should be to follow him, not people. We should follow and obey Christ. 
And that means in life, we may have to make decisions, we may have to make tough decisions that people we love hate, that are against their wishes. But if we love Jesus, if we're following Jesus, then we should accept those consequences. But there's one thing about these verses I want to point out. There's one relationship that Christ didn't name in this passage. Husband and wife. Wife and husband. You see, Jesus didn't come to create war between a husband and wife. Or a wife and a husband. Jesus didn't come to bring a sword into a marriage between a husband and a wife. And if a sword exists, if war exists in a marriage, at least one people, one person, but most of the time both people aren't following Christ and aren't carrying their cross. God doesn't want to see broken marriages. You know, this, this passage isn't telling us to leave our spouses. Sure, there are extreme circumstances. And if someone's in extreme circumstances, please get Christian counseling immediately. Stream Song will help you. We will help you. But God wants to see healthy, thriving marriages. This scripture also isn't telling us to mistreat our parents or our children if they're not following Jesus or encouraging us to not follow Jesus. Rather, when we look at Scripture entirety, we see Christ calls us to love everyone. But that love of Christ, that following of Christ, can cause division. When people would rather that we do what they want than follow Christ, that can cause division. When people would rather see us do one thing instead of following Christ, it can cause problems. And it's caused problems for Brittany and me. It might have caused problems for some of you. But this passage tells us that we have to love our parents. We have to love our siblings. We have to love all these people, but not more than Christ. We have to follow Jesus over everything. Jesus said, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And that's difficult to hear. It's difficult for me and my wife to hear and read that because we love our parents. We love our children. But our love for them should always be second to our love for Christ. We shouldn't be quiet to make people happy. We shouldn't be quiet for peace. If God is calling us to speak up, if God is calling us to do something, we need to be obedient to that. Who here has heard of Perpetua? I know at least two people have heard of Perpetua. My kids have this awesome series called Torchlighters. It's about uh, Christian martyrs. And Perpetua was a noble woman who at the turn of the third century lived with her husband and her infant son in North Africa. She was arrested while she was taking classes 
to prepare for baptism. The Roman government wanted to come down on Christianity. North uh, Africa had a really thriving Christian community, and so they came to persecute that, that region heavily, and they arrested Perpetua while she was preparing to be baptized for Christ. Perpetua's father, he was a pagan, and he was a very wealthy man, so he had a lot of privilege. Once he found out she was in prison, he went to her immediately and he begged. He said, Perpetua, he begged her to deny her faith. But Perpetua refused. The quote is, she, she pointed to a vase and she said, Father, what is that? And he said, a vase. He said, can a vase be called anything but what it is? And he said, no. And she said, I am a Christian. I cannot be called anything but a Christian. Variation of the quote slightly, probably. Um, so after she refused with her father, she was brought before the Roman governor. And once she was there, she was being, they were being heard, her and five, I think it was five other people were being heard in this room. Her father burst into the room with her newborn son, or her, her infant son, in his hands, hands and, she beg, and he begged Perpetua. He said, please, for me and for, my ch and for your baby, just renounce your faith. Please renounce your faith for me and your baby. And she refused. All she had to do was say a couple words. She could have made her father happy. She could have went home and been with her son. But she refused. She said, I am a Christian. And she was brutally killed for it. As sad as that is, as stupid as that seems, for a Disney world mentality, a Disney world perspective, Jesus calls us to that type of faith. This wealthy noblewoman had all the pleasures of life, but she chose to follow Jesus over her father and her son because the reward of Jesus is greater than anything we will find on earth. He is greater than our parents, than our children. He should be elevated and put first in every aspect of our life. In verses 38 and 39, Jesus says, And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my name's sake will find it. Jesus tells us to lose our life. But our culture tells us to gain everything we can in life. Everything we can. Our culture says to strive for Disney World. Christ says to die. Which do we believe? Jesus tells us to take a cross. One of the most brutal killing instruments in history. He tells us to take a cross and follow him. Does our life look like that? Does your life look like that? Are you choosing Christ over the pleasures of this world? Are you choosing Christ over premarital sex? Are you choosing Christ 
over pornography? Are you choosing Christ over a bigger house? Are you choosing Christ over a nicer car? In Matthew chapter 13, in verses 45 and 46, there's a couple chapters forward, 13, 45, 46, Jesus tells a parable of a merchant who's looking for great pearls. He's looking for fine pearls. And when he finds one that is so great, he sells everything he has to buy it, to buy that one pearl. Jesus is that great pearl. And as Christians, we need to give everything for him. Listen, I'm not up here saying these things because I'm so great and I have all these things figured out. I'm up here saying these things because God is so great. Jesus is so great. And this is the truth of his word. And I need to hear it just as much or more than anybody else. And if we want to check ourselves, if we want to check ourselves and see if we're taking up our crosses to follow Jesus, we just have to look at two places. We have to look at our bank accounts and our calendars. Each one of us should look and see where are we spending most of our money. That will show us what's most important. Where is Jesus on that list? Where is Jesus on that list? We might say we love Jesus. We might say we're Christians. But what does our bank account say? Stuff that nobody else sees, right? What does that say? We may say we're Christians, but what does our calendar say? Where are we spending our time and our money? Are we carrying our crosses after Jesus? Are we investing in things to carry our cross for Jesus? Are we dying to ourselves? Are we dying to earthly pleasures? Are we, lying, are we losing our lives for Jesus Christ? Because when we lose our life for Christ, when we lose our life, we actually find it. We find true life. We find real life. We find eternal life. Earlier, I asked the question. I said, why shouldn't I strive for a Disney World life? Why shouldn't I strive for Earth's best? And it's because when we lose our life for Christ, we find real life. We find true life. We find a life that is fulfilling regardless of the economy. We find a life that is fulfilling regardless of granite countertops. A life that is fulfilling regardless of home ownership. The life we lose, the life Esther and Perpetua gave up is nothing compared to the gain in Jesus. Jesus did not come to bring peace on earth. He came to give eternal life and peace to those who follow him. If you are a follower of Christ, carry that cross daily after him. Sacrifice everything for the great pearl. 
sacrifice everything for Jesus because he is worth more than anything. But if this morning made you recognize that you're not following Jesus, you're not carrying a cross, please turn from your sins. Turn from anything that is leading you astray. Give your life to Christ and pick up your cross.